The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Welcome to our first post-Thanksgiving uh, and post-Bob Costas episode of uh, of BD Noise. Thanks to everybody who reached out with nice things to say about that interview. It was a lot of fun to do. Uh, and if you can, reach out to Bob and tell him to come on again, because I'd love, you know, there's so much more to get into with him, obviously. Jeremy Evans talking about streaming on the show today. Tyler McComas is going to take us inside a unexpectedly busy and eventful day in sports radio in Oklahoma. But first, you know, as you are hearing this, it is probably the week or the week before uh, most companies are doing their office Christmas parties. And I'm, I'm going to use this time up top to give a little bit of advice to the young guys and gals in the business that may listen to this show. Go to the holiday party. I know it is corporate mandated fun and nothing is stupider, but you don't go to the holiday party for the drinks, to hang out with the people you see all the time. You go to the holiday party to gather information about the suits, right? Like if you work in a big cluster or you are a part-timer trying to get as in with the company as you possibly can, go and mingle at the holiday party. This is when you're most likely to find out that, hey, the boss is a huge Beatles fan and you can strike up a conversation about that new Disney Plus series. This is the time to go and talk sports with the salespeople so they get to know you a little bit better. I have never been a fan of office holiday parties. I I think they are a huge waste of time from a party standpoint, but if you approach it from a networking and career building standpoint... It's going to sound weird, but I have run into this before. There is always somebody in management that remembers who is and isn't a team player, and weirdly, the office holiday party plays a role in that. Jeremy Evans, who writes about sports business for the site, has been writing a lot about the streaming uh, landscape and the metaverse lately. And I thought your most recent column, Jeremy, was really interesting because as we talk about entertainment in general making the move to streaming, that that these streaming platforms are going to become even more ever-present than they are already, you point out that this is a tough move for news and particularly for sports to make because they are two uh, formats that we have to experience in real time. No, absolutely, and, and great to be with you, Dimitri. And it's just, it's such a difficult space because one is technology. Technology has to has to keep up mm. with uh, the ability. I mean, it's easy when you watch Netflix or Amazon. the The movies are already downloaded on the on the on the platform. So you're as long as you have a decent internet connection, you can watch. You're not going to live stream anything. But then with with live sports and with, with news, you're going to consume those live. Otherwise, you'll know the scores from social media or what have you, or you'll hear the news from your friends or social media. So it really makes sense to watch live. But until the technology is there that can provide those things in an immediate fashion. And until advertising dollars are not as important for live news and sports, I think we're going to continue to see those on traditional linear uh, platforms. So let's talk about uh, sports specifically. And I want to focus on two platforms, ESPN Plus and Peacock, because both of those services 
uh, have plenty of games that are not available on traditional television broadcasts. It's all the college games, uh, you know, whatever the sport. In ESPN, it's a lot of racing. It's a lot of soccer for Peacock. And I wonder, is there any benefit to people watching those games? Or is it all about inventory and subscriptions? I think, you know, those topics and the, the sort of genres that you just mentioned with regard to uh, racing and, and uh, soccer games and that sort of thing and college basketball games, those were likely to be uh, probably low viewership. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it's probably a library thing to put it on there to build up content. This is the same problem that Apple Plus deals with, right? Because Apple TV Plus is, is a great platform. It's a great company. But then they don't have a ton of you know content on their right. platforms. They have to they have to go either create it or find it or license it or what have you. So I, I think ESPN Plus and Peacock is more about let's sort of fill the coffers, let's bring more content, let's get more subscribers, and then sort of see see how to build from there. So we just posted this story about ESPN's traditional cable audience, traditional cable subscriptions, uh, falling in a pretty significant way from the last fiscal year to this fiscal year. And Disney's response is that they are going to invest a little over $30 billion in creating original content with over $10 billion of that earmarked directly for sports. I I would assume that likely means more media rights and more live games on traditional cable, not necessarily bulking up what is on ESPN+. I think so. And, you know, part of this is that, you know, the networks have signed, the networks who hold most of the rights, at least currently, until, you know, Amazon and other companies come in and buy up those rights, they're going to be pretty, they're going to be pretty secure in terms of until those, those deals expire, there's going to be some limitation on, uh, how those deals are put together. But I think, yeah, that $10 billion is probably going to go to traditional linear television. That being said, if, if, if you and I were leading, you know, Disney or another company, I would probably invest in both. Because if you look at Disney's strategy, because I think in that there was a Hollywood Reporter article where it talked about what subscribers were, you know, five years ago to what mm-hmm. they are today. And then, of course, what cable subscriptions were five years ago, what they are today. It used to be around 92 million people for cable subscribers uh, for Disney, ABC. And now it's more like 76 million. Yep. But, of course, now they also have 17 million of subscribers. So I think the strategy is somewhere to be, okay, let's get as many subscribers as we can, but let's also continue to service the, the sort of linear television population. Given the way we experience sports and, I mean, you mentioned the lag issues, and this is true of any platform. I'm not singling out ESPN Plus here, but for years now, we have talked about the day is going to come when ESPN moves exclusively to a digital platform, or at least that has been speculated about for a long time. It seems like, though, there is not going to be a rush to make ESPN Plus anything other than a supplemental product to linear ESPN. Right, and I think that's probably going to be the case until uh, the cable subscriptions are uh, decreasing substantial enough to where you can justify putting more programming on ESPN Plus exclusively. And and I'm talking about like high viewership programming. Because if you look at like Amazon Prime, for example, 
yes, they're purchasing up, you know, they have Thursday night football, but that's only one game a week, you know, whereas uh, some of these other platforms, you know, traditional cable, they're doing, you know, daily games, weekly games, you know, that sort of thing in multiple games. So, yeah, I think the strategy is until, until cable is essentially, you know, less than 50% of what it was, uh, I think they're going to continue to sort of push this sort of uh, multi-approach. So I want to take you inside uh, a conversation I had Sunday. Tyler McComas and I were texting back and forth, uh, and and I sent him a message saying, as long as I've known you, Oklahoma has been in the Big 12 championship game every year. Are you okay following the loss uh, in Bedlam? And Tyler, you texted me back that you were good with Oklahoma not being in the championship game. It meant a quiet week for you and the folks at the ref there uh, in Oklahoma City and in Norman. And then... All hell broke loose with Lincoln Riley going to L.A. You wrote a piece for us, uh, for us this week, sort of taking us inside that that emergency panic mode. Hey, this isn't going to be a light week. We are now 24-7 coverage with what is going on. Tell me the first call you got and, and how this ball started rolling once the announcement was made that Lincoln Riley was leaving Norman. Well, oddly enough, I'm, you know, standing in the checkout line at Target. Like I said in the story, if you're a married man, you know that Sunday <laughs> afternoons probably mean a afternoon trip to Target at some point. But I, I'm, I'm standing there thinking that nothing's going to happen. It's going to be a nice, relaxing Sunday. And I get two different texts. I get one from Cody Stutes, and I get one from you. And Cody Stutes, who obviously does sports radio in Houston, text me and says, well, you know, on the lines of a head coaching search should be fun. And I'm sitting there saying, like, well, Cody's a smart guy. Yeah. Cody loves college football. Did he not see the night before that Lincoln adamantly said no to LSU? <laughs> what, what, what's this guy doing? What's this guy talking about? But I checked Twitter just in case, and oh my God, it's out. And, you know, we had heard rumors about Lincoln to LSU for right. three weeks. But there was just something about those reports where it kind of sank, and, and I said, oh my God, this is, this is accurate. So we are on our way to a birthday party. We have a, we have a video segment that we do uh, on Twitter. It's very similar to the one-minute one man that Barstool uh-huh. does. It's called Sooners and 60. I quickly put up a, just a quick reaction video on there. And then five minutes goes by, and I say, that's not good enough. I, yeah. I've, I've got to do a podcast. So I call someone at the station, and via cell phone, we do a 15-minute podcast. And then I say after that, that's not good enough either. And a little bit after that, we were on the air for an hour and a half straight. We only took one break. Uh, we took calls. We had guests on from our station. And it was the most listened to hour in station history. Now, we're getting those numbers based on our stream, mm-hmm. on our streaming app that we have. But we made an announcement we are going to go on air. I think 20 minutes before we actually did, just sent out a tweet. And there was so much reaction from it. Again, we've been around for a long time. Most Listen to most listen to hour in station history. It's been nuts since then, man. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we had to re up on our stream how many people can listen to it at one time. We were kind of capped about how many people could listen. People were getting mad because they were booted off. I mean, yep. we've had to do. We've had to expand and do all these crazy things based on this one decision. It's it's crazy, and I think it's a real credit to uh, your bosses, your staff, really everybody involved, that the ability to be 
fluid in that way and let a host make the call of, no, we're going live and not wait for approval from managers. Like in a situation like this and, and, you know, Oklahoma City, that market is college football obsessed. The Sooners don't lose a head coach to another program. uh, I mean, certainly very often, never in uh, our lifetimes, right? So the ability to let the talent, the people that are talking to listeners every day move so quickly and make that call is a real testament. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, other people in the future sort of start to follow your model if they're not doing that already. Yeah, it it was just, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, And I mean, I am passionate about this station too. So would I have enjoyed a nice relaxing Sunday? Yes, but you got to take advantage of the opportunity. And it's really cool to know that we did take advantage of that opportunity. And I think from a host perspective, what I enjoy most is not only did they allow me the freedom to go on the air, but there's no restrictions as to what I could say either. Yep. They, were, they weren't like, okay, well, let's take the high road here. And no, I, I bashed Lincoln for his decision on, sat, on Sunday and got no pushback whatsoever. So I think when you kind of have that as a host, the freedom to say whatever you want and react in the moment, which is, you know, as, re- as a relatable thing as you could do, maybe as a sports radio host, it was, it was nice that w- when you're kind of, when you're given that freedom, man. So, okay. So you, you have the freedom to bash Lincoln and that is like, I'm, I don't mean to poo poo what you just said, but that's pretty easy when he's going out the door. I mean, would you have had the freedom to say, look, I don't blame Lincoln Riley. Oklahoma didn't think this through. They go to the SEC. They're fighting for third place in their division every year. Would you have had that kind of freedom? Absolutely, man. A hundred percent. And it wasn't necessarily, and and I did kind of bring up that point, Mm -hmm. but it was more about, you know, how Lincoln left, some of the rumors that started to leak out about, you know, this may have been a three-week thing or a much longer thing. You know, once those details started coming out, that's kind of where the story led to a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, just anything that I wanted to say, whatever approach I would have had, you're right, it's easy. It's easy to have that because it plays well to the fan base. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's honestly what I felt in that moment, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of unleashed. So let me ask you this, and we'll get out of here on this. For people that don't know, Oklahoma City is a very busy sports radio market. There are a lot of people fighting for that particular slice of the radio listenership pie. Were you at all attuned as you were making the decision to what your competitors were doing? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and I think we all management was as well. Uh, the sports animal got on, the franchise got on. I think that we were on the air longer than any of the two stations. Mm. But, I mean, I, I think you have to be, right? I think if you have the thought of, well, no, we'll just wait until Monday or we'll do some social media things until then. Once somebody else goes on, like, you got to do it. Especially, yeah. like, we, we brand ourselves as the home of Sooner fans. That, that, that's the branding that we have. We are all in on OU. We'll let the other stations have OKC Thunder, whereas whereas they're doing Thunder, maybe the flagship of the Thunder. We'll, we'll go heavy on Oklahoma football. So you can't say that, right, if you don't go on the air on a day like this. So I think that that had a massive impact on us going on the air, sure. 
All right, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks to Jeremy. Thank you to Tyler both for uh, spending a little bit of time with us. Right now at the website, there are a whole lot of TV ratings stories, and that is sort of the sign of kind of a slow time. So I don't know what to tell you exactly we are looking forward to for next week, but certainly we will be here and hope you are too. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.